0: Today is the first Sunday in Lent, and as we enter into this season, we then again recognize the importance of slowing down, slowing our paces so that we could be able to ponder, reflect, and give emphasis to what God is dealing with us in our Gospel today we have this story of Jesus being led by the Spirit into the wilderness and today we have for our theme dwell in God's Word and dwell in His protection message that God would like to remind us this day, it's so simple. Probably we have heard this many times, but God would like to remind us again that we have to have faith in God's Word. We have to have faith in God's Word. Jesus, after identifying himself with the sinners in baptism, can find that in the early verses in Luke 3. He then identified with us in temptation. Now in the book of Hebrews 4:15, it says there, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus today, identifies with us being also a man subject to any temptations in life, tests and trials. So Jesus identifies himself with us. Now, comparing the scenes in the Garden of Eden and the deserts where Jesus Christ experience temptations. Human represented by Adam and Eve, we're in a lush garden, living in abundance. He is an authority over the wild animals. God says to Adam, take dominion, have authority. So that is the command. That is God's word to Adam. He has everything in the garden, supplied well. Nothing less, nothing more. Everything that man needs is in the garden, well provided. While Jesus, on the other hand, is in a desolate wilderness. He's not eating and is subjected to the dangers of the beast. He is in the open. Is prone to danger. Now, simply based on these circumstances, humans clearly have the upper hand. Knowing that having their basic needs of foods, shelter, safety, assuredly this, we would say, should help them resist every temptation. They have everything that they need. There's nothing for them to worry about. So they have the reason to resist every temptation. But we know the situation. It failed. Now in both the garden and the wilderness, the devil uses God's very own word to make his temptation. Okay? Both in the garden and in the desert, the devil, God, the devil uses God's word in order to tempt. So, we should see this and understand that if there is someone also who knows us well, Aside from God, who knows us very well, because we were created in the very image of God, in His likeness. If there is someone else who knows us well, we should always remember this the devil also knows us well. He knows our weaknesses, and He knows where and when. Is going to attack us in that particular weakness, because he has assigned also demons on each and every one of us, watching us closely also in our weakness to attack us. So even in the garden or in the wilderness, the devil uses God's word to tempt and to test God's people. Now the difference between uh, how humanity and Jesus Christ respond to the temptation is a clear indication whether or not they will give in to the temptation. Is whether or not they know the meaning of the words they trust and the person behind it. The three temptations that Jesus Christ faces, we might say, that's only three temptations. We might proudly say, we had so many temptations. But actually, all these three temptations that the Lord Jesus Christ faces is the very basic Temptation that the enemy uses in order to make people of God fail. This is what he used in the Garden of Eden. It says here, in verse 1 of chapter 4, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, turned from the Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. Afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, "If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread." But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, the first temptation, the test the devil throws at Jesus, is to use his power for his own personal needs. In other commentaries, they would say this also that the devil tries to question the identity of the lord jesus christ whether he truly believes that he is the son of god the messiah that is what the devil is trying to put into the heart of satan to put that doubt whether he is truly God's anointed. The same also with our temptation. Sometimes when we face such trials, the enemy would put into our heart that doubt and would say to us, do you really believe that you are a son and a daughter or children of God? why face such situation why so these problems happens to you and then he wanted us to have that doubt in our heart so this is also one of the temptations that the devil wanted to put into the heart of the people of God question also whether we are loved by God whether we are his children or not So the same situations, same temptations that the Lord is facing, we are facing. Probably some of the temptations that we are facing is just the same temptation, but it's just coated or wrapped with a beautiful wrapper so that it would appear pleasant in the eyes. That we would give in. This is also what the devil throws at Eve. He says, does God really say that when you eat of the fruit, you will die? The devil asks Eve whether is that really truth. So this is the same temptation. Eve, humanity, us experiencing just what lord jesus christ experience he's using the same temptation that he used to adam and eve here in the test of the lord jesus christ now the second temptation that jesus christ faces the devil tempts jesus to exchange his eternal relationship with god for temporal benefits you can find that from Verse 5 to 8 says, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for it has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, If you will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Isn't that these also same temptations that man also faces? That the devil would like for us to exchange our eternal calling, our eternal the eternal plan of God for us, for these temporary things of the world, these things that are passing away. This is what the devil throws at the Lord Jesus Christ, and the same experiences of many of us then, and probably many of us now, are also facing these tests and trials to exchange the eternal things of God or the temporary things of the world which is being corrupted by moth and rust. So even the Lord Jesus Christ says, lay up treasures in heaven. That is your life giving to the kingdom. For neither moth nor rust destroys. Working so hard for these temporary things of this world is as if our life only matters here. Okay? So this is the second temptation that the Lord Jesus Christ faces, and also we identify ourselves with that. The third temptation, the test that the Lord Jesus Christ faces, is that the devil tempts Jesus to try to force God to do what he wants. Okay? You can find that in verse 9 to 12. It says here, then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him in the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against stones. Sometimes we want to force God to do something what we want. We try to test God, crazy things in our lives. And we want to prove God to do miracles, things to happen. Probably, yes, in God's mercy, He will. But not when we begin to learn to develop to know and to understand God's ways and God's principles. So here we can see Satan subtly mixes truth and error in an attempt to deceive his people. He uses God's word to test and to tempt God's people. See, he mixes truth and error so that we might not be able to discern whether it is God's word or not anymore. So suddenly, Satan mixes truth and error in order to attempt to deceive his people. and he knows where to attack us because each person has points of vulnerability to the power of the devil. As I've said, we and each and every one of us have our own weakness. Okay? But how Jesus was able to overcome such tests such trials verse 1 is the answer Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit Jesus did not receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit at his baptism even when he was in the temple at the young age it says there that that Jesus grew in the power of the Spirit and in power and the favor of God Jesus at this young age gave importance to know the Word of God. Know the principles of God. There at this young age, he developed the reading, the writings of the prophets. Because you can find that in this Gospel also, in the Gospel of St. Luke. When he was presented to the temple, into the temple, that he grew in the power of the Spirit. When he was working and performing miracles, he was already filled with the Holy Spirit. Word, studied, give time to prayer. This is how the Lord Jesus Christ overcame temptation. But, uh, but also we can find in the letter of St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 10 to 17 among you knows what is in Ephesians 6 10 to 17 this talks about the whole armor of God do you know that the whole armor of God is based on the truth of God's Word Let us read this epistle of Paul to the Ephesians. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of the age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the the heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand 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 therefore having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which will be, which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So God is speaking about the truth of his word. God is speaking that his word is our weapon and also. The same time, our protection. So it's giving us this idea how are we going to stand, to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemies in our lives? Put on the whole armor. That is the whole truth of God's word. Verse 13 of our gospel for today says, Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an important time. Now, let us build our strength in God during the times of preparation. We do not build our preparation, our strength, in the midst of the battle. The natural armies, police, first have their training before they are sent out. So while we have the time to prepare, let us take the time to prepare and strengthen our foundation. When when there is no battle, we should not relax. Let us not put down our shield. Let us not take off the whole armor of God when there is no battle. But God would like for us to continually wear those because we don't know when the enemy is going to attack. But in the time of preparation, let us build our strength. When there is no war, continually do our training, our preparation. But when the enemy attacks, we are always ready to face his tests, his trials, and his temptations. The soul stand.